0: So this is the last talk on this having to do with instructions on mindfulness of the body, and uh, next time will be mindfulness of emotions. The, um, I was reminded yesterday by someone that she had asked me many years ago for some books to read on Buddhism. And I had told her that the only book she needed to read was the book of her own body, and um, apparently this was made a very good impact on this woman, this pract- this practitioner. Um, and uh, so the idea that our body is a book to study—the body is has information, has wisdom, everything you need to know about Buddhism can be found in your own body. And the meditation practice that I did in Burma, that I, when I was really learned this Vipassana practice, was, as I've said, it was, was a sensory awareness practice more than anything else. Certainly we were mindful of the mind and mind states and mind activity, but there was this default to always feel and sense how it is physically, the sens- sensory level of it. And part of the advantage of that is that um, sensations are not thoughts. Thoughts and ideas and stories and concepts is often where we live or, or it's often the filter through which we see our experience. And so we see things a little askew because of those ideas we have, those concepts. And even simply having a concept of something The concept can have a kind of uh, enduring quality. A concept is like platonic concepts are unchanging. And so there's a kind of feeling that things can... And if we see through that filter, it can feel like, oh, nothing changes. And so if you see your friend um, always through the filter of some difficult experience you had ten years ago then you're not seeing how the friend is changing or different every day or every occasion and every minute and every hour. But you're stuck in that that lens, that perspective. So to begin meditation where we begin quieting and calming the mind and settling in and getting somewhat concentrated or still, the, it's not the purpose, Is not just to become calm, but rather to be able to have a kind of more lucid awareness of the sensations of our our direct experience unmediated by these concepts. Concepts, ideas might still come into play, they might be there as part of the bigger picture, but they're not the lens through which we're seeing. And we're able to perceive or to feel much more directly the direct sensory experience and, uh, and then to begin seeing how that is shifting and moving, the seeing the inconstant, impermanent, shifting, changing nature of sensations has two major benefits that I can think of. One is that, um, um, that uh, the tendency to fixate on something uh, has usually a lot to do with holding things in a, a kind of permanence, or thinking things are permanent, or trying to make them permanent, trying to make things as they are. And when things are shifting and moving, it's, it's, it's more likely like we realize we can't quite grab them or hold on to them, or kind of begin l- relaxing the grip. And this is one of the reasons why breathing is so relaxing for some people, is that the rhythm of breathing in and out is constantly shifting and changing, and it's settling, it's opening, and it's a kind of focal point for the mind not to get tight or, or straining, as it might be with it, uh, when it's thinking about plans or resentments or desires or hostilities we have. Uh, when it's thinking about things from the perspective of our conceit And so to begin loosening up the ways in which we're stuck by breathing helps things to relax. So the same thing with the sensations of the body. If we start feeling difficult sensations, pain, for example, as shifting and changing sensations, then the extra added layer of lens of reactivity, of judgments, of fears, of projection into the future, it's always going to be like this, begins to soften and relax as well. And so that's one advantage, is that um, uh, it's easier to be, to relax, to let go, and to kind of just be with the river of change within us. The second benefit is that when we're just at that sensory awareness level of our experience, the sensation level, um, we're not, again, we're not imposing our desires, we're not imposing our expectations or our our concepts or ideas. And so it gives more room for those sensations to be themselves. Uh, uh, if um, if we're tense in some way, or say like I'm angry and I'm making a fist, if I stay it's looking at whatever is, you know, thinking about whatever I'm angry with, the fist stays clenched. But uh, if I feel the clench, the tightness in the fist, Feel how tired the hand is becoming. Feeling the pain of the clenching. Just feel it closely. Uh, and start feeling it more as shifting, changing sensations. Sometimes my little finger. sometimes my thumb, sometimes the back of my hand, sometimes the palm of my hand, my fingernails going into it that's very sharp, the stretching in the back of my hand. Feeling all those sensations, something begins relaxing there, softening. The, the natural tendency for the clenched hand to release has room now to relax and it doesn't have that room to relax if I stay seeing the situation with anger so so there's something about creating s- that uh, this awareness of sense sensations sensory awareness stuff is um, allows things to be um, flu uh It's kind of like giving room for things to move towards health, things to begin flowing and moving in the way they should. And the amazing thing is that those things that are a byproduct of tension, a byproduct of clinging or holding, strain, attachment, those things begin to dissolve. And those things that are a byproduct of an openness, of a generosity, of kindness, of, of uh, emptiness, spaciousness, those things begin to grow. And this wonderful re- uh, movement that the things that cause suffering, things that have to do with attachment, begin to dissolve. If we make space for things and room for things, and the, like the clenched hand begins to relax. The open hand and the sensitivity of the open hand, um, the um, the uh, this gesture here, mudra here in Buddhism, it means the Buddha does sometimes is a gesture of friendliness, and uh, the gesture of the open hand pointing down is a gesture of um, of um, safety, offering safety to people. And so there's something happens with the open hand, something releases, and so, and so in this process of feeling and sensing and discovering our body in a deeper way, the sensations, and not being stuck on anything but being open and receptive, something begins shifting in our body, shifting in our heart, shifting in our minds. And, and uh, because the body is so closely connected to the mind and the heart, As the body changes, so the mind changes. As the body relaxes and softens, so the heart does the same. So in this sense, um, reading the book of your body is so profound, so significant. The body in some ways, the experienced body, the body that we experience to a great degree, uh, uh, how we experience this is influenced by our thoughts, our minds, our judgments, our priorities, a selectivity process, that we select what to pay attention to, maybe based on our desires, our fears, our conceits. And so to stop making these selectivity process but allow it to open up is um, is really great. There are some schools of uh, Vipassana, inside meditation, where they do body scans, systematic going through different parts of the body, Uh, over and over again, and so that the whole body steadily over time is visited with this kind of generous attention. And seeing and feeling and making room for that part of the body to show itself and be seen and maybe relax or unfold in a good way. In the tradition that I teach in, we don't generally do the body scan systematically, but it's more like we have the idea is that um, the body knows what needs attention. So the basic instruction is to let the breathing be the default, if that works for you, and, um, and develop mindfulness on the breathing, develop attention on the breathing, um, develop concentration on the breathing, and breathing is a shifting, changing, flowing series of sensations, so a lot of the benefits of just doing sensory awareness practice can be right there with the breathing. But if some other sensation becomes more predominant, then the idea is to switch your attention from the breathing to that predominant sensation in your body. And um, and just be with it as long as it seems to need attention and be present for it and feel it. So When it's acknowledged enough for it, or it's shifted and changes and, and it kind of faded away or become less strong, then go back to the breathing. And so it's a little bit random where the mind might go, what part of the body might speak. Over a long period of time, much of the body gets our attention, but it's not done systematically. Uh, uh, The body knows what you need attention to. And so this idea that the the wisdom of the body operates, whether that's literally always true, I, I don't know, but it's a wonderful attitude that, oh, the body knows what I need, what needs attention now. So rather than saying, oh, no, this shouldn't be happening. Oh, no, I shouldn't have this pain. Oh, no, I shouldn't have these, these sensations. The idea when we do this practice is, oh, yes, the body is speaking to me now. It, uh, this is, it, the body is saying, here, now this needs attention. And you don't make it any more complicated than that, the interpretation but uh, just a very different attitude. The body knows, and then feel and be with it, and then come back to your breathing. If there's a lot of strong sensations in the body, maybe you, there's a long time before you come back to your breathing, That you would just kind of maybe go from one sensation to another, and just tap into them and be with them for a while. And when in doubt, come back to your breathing, be with your breathing. And if breathing is not a good object for home base for you, then uh, some people's home base is just body sensations all over the body and just kind of gently letting the attention just flow and move between the different parts of the body as the body speaks and shows uh, you what needs your attention. So, thank you. So this uh, last week talking about breathing, and this week about the body, um, is very important in many ways, but for what's coming, it's extremely important as a reference point, as a basis, a foundation for practicing mindfulness of emotions, and mindfulness of thinking, which is also coming. We can be more wisely present for emotions if we're really grounded in the body, so I won't be here next week. I'm going on retreat. And I'm delighted that um, uh, Nikki Mirgafori is coming to uh, teach next week. Wonderful teacher here. And it has been substituting for me regularly for, uh, on uh, this YouTube uh, teaching. And um, so you're in good hands. And then when I come back, I'll pick up this, the series on introduction to mindfulness with mindfulness of emotions. So thank you all very very much and um and um, if you'd like some homework during this time I would encourage you to review uh what we did this week about mindfulness of the body and the homeworks of different days that we did just for the, just kind of to deepen your your appreciation deepen your connection to your body for this next uh you know 10 days while I'm gone and um See if you can become a much more better friend with your body, well connected. Thank you.